George. Joe. How the hell are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing, man? I, I am excellent. Thank you. We've I'm happy we're good. doing it again. We keep doing it. We've got an awesome show going on that. tonight, man. I'm going to talk over you. Please, knock yourself out. I should have shaved my head. I didn't do that. But you know what? I think I didn't do it because I'm tired of you telling me how shiny it is. Now there's just this one little hot spot right here. <laughs> but you still have that one hair out of place. And it, that's right. And it's also getting very cold here now. So, I mean, we've had temperatures in the 30s. So, you know, time to just grow out the winter coat. So uh, what are we doing here tonight? Uh, well, I think we're having a show, right? And I think you've done a phenomenal job of setting this show up. And I think we've got some very exciting guests. And uh, But I think, uh, you know, I think that you should tell us all about it. Uh, we've got George on the show tonight. That's me. I like putting Joe on the spot because he hates being put on the spot. So we're going to kick this one right off. Go ahead, Joe. Well, you remember, I was supposed to be the guy behind the curtain. You are behind the curtain. You set up this entire show, and it's a phenomenal show. We've got great people on the show tonight, and I want you to have all the credit for that. Well, thank you. Actually, now that you mentioned that, we, we really do have to give a shout out to friend of the show, Lance Wagner, who is a great supporter of ours. I mean, phenomenal supporter. Lance, thank you very much for everything you do. Freaking awesome. Yeah, man, you're you're a solid dude. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Um, so who do we have on tonight? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, the spacing effect. Yeah, we're going to have somebody on to talk about what the spacing effect is, right? That's the whole cognitive thing that has to do with the learning process. Or no, wait, we have the band tonight. Oh, okay. I thought you were going with that math thing that, yeah, you lost me on that one. Anyway. <laughs> well, hopefully I didn't lose the guys in the band. They hopefully, they know that I do my research. Well, yeah, now we're dropping viewers because of it. Good. Shut up, Joe. <laughs> Who else is on the show? We got Max Wassa and we got Josh Milliken also. It is going to be awesome. I am going to bring the guys up from the band right now, and we're going to bring up Scott, and then we're going to bring up Aaron. Give me one second. That looks like Scott, and that looks like Aaron. Hey, guys. How's it going, fellas? It's going great. How are you guys doing? Terrific. Terrific. Good. Aaron, I'm glad we got all the, the problems uh, worked out technically that uh, were some of Joe's shortcomings there. So, Look at the speakers uh, behind him, man. Personally. I love I love the setup. Um, this is great. So you're obviously in a studio, Scotty. You guys are in different locations. Yeah, I'm in uh, Lincoln. I'm more northern of him, and he's in uh, Folsom. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, so anyway, so I was making a little bit of a bad joke in the beginning about you guys because of what the actual spacing effect is. So uh, first of all, why don't you guys introduce yourself to everybody? Tell us who you are and. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and and maybe about how the actual spacing effect might have played into the naming of your band. Go ahead, Aaron. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Aaron Cabral. I'm one half of the spacing effect, um, which means I do a lot in terms of, uh, you know, the writing and the engineering and the production. This is definitely a DIY uh, situation, but we're having a lot of fun doing it. And um, Scotty and I uh, really just riding a creative wave and um, happy to be uh, have a chance to, to put the music out to where some people can actually hear it. And we're looking forward to doing a lot more. Very cool. Scotty, you look like you want to add something to that. <laughs> I, I don't know the, the delay or anything like that. Like, so. 
So, <laughs> well, I, I don't know if Joe's going to pop in and you're going to um, bust his balls for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Scotty Bussy, and uh, yeah, and I'm the other half um, of the spacing effect. Um, yeah, and Aaron and I uh, just uh, pretty much uh, hit it off on um, on the desire of what we were looking for as far as sound wise um, when we. Uh, found um, like a fan thing online to see if anybody else had the same kind of uh, interest in um, in this certain sound or whatever that uh, wanted to create or um, uh, along those lines. And so uh, once we did it, we kind of clicked and, uh, and kind of took off from there. We're just trying to get things, you know, picking up uh, speed more and more each time we get together. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. How long have you guys been the spacing effect? I think it's about a year and a half since we got this thing started. And yeah. um, and to, to kind of pick off on what, what Scotty was saying, we we met online, which a lot, a lot of people do these days, right? That's actually how I met my wife online also. And um, and it started with just some demos that I that I put out there um that uh, you know obviously resonated with Scotty and he contacted me and said I like what, what I heard from you. Here's, here's some stuff I've done. And I listened to it and, you know, immediately I was like, okay, yep, this guy gets me. This guy's on, on the same page with me. So that, that's where it really kind of started with just kind of hearing each other, where each other was coming from. And then ever since we've been basically putting that together um, about a year and a half now. Now, do you guys get together to record or do you do all this remotely? Yeah. So I, as you can see here, this, this is my studio. This is essentially a, a, an extra uh, room in my house. Um, and I've been piecing this thing together for years going back. And uh, I feel like I kind of got it to a point where we can actually make some decent recordings, decent sounds in here. And uh, so he, I have the luxury, you know, it's my place. So Scotty has to come to me. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, but we do a lot of the demos kind of separately and then we come in here and, and record the real thing. So, um, yeah, that's how it goes. That's very cool. So the, you, you've, you've said some things that have kind of, uh, touched, uh, on some, some thoughts I've had here and I'd like to just kind of talk about them a little bit with you, but I, I'm just kind of riffing. So, uh, so you guys met on online. Is there, is there some sort of community that's dedicated to this type of thing or did you just, was this like a using existing social media or was this anything specialized or? Yeah. It, it, when, well, so I was going through a thing where I was trying to find, um, uh, I was just looking to a point where I was just trying to get together to just jam with somebody and nothing was really uh, hitting the spot and I couldn't really find anybody who had similar interest. And then I went to um, a few websites online, just kind of looking for, any kind of local musicians, anything like that, and found band mix. And they're just like, you know, why not? I'll just sign up and see what happens. And and uh, and from there, it was kind of like, you know, you say your location, um, how far you're looking, you know, like as far as you travel to meet up with anybody. Um, again, what kind of styles you like and what you're looking to play, what you're... Um, with your skill like, you know, are you advanced, beginner, that kind of stuff. And again, I was just looking, everybody's just doing classic rock or uh, cover bands or even like sure. super, super metal stuff. 
and I just wasn't necessarily looking for that. And I'm, I can't really do metal like the stuff nowadays. Uh, and so when I saw Aaron's page, he had stuff that had more like a um, like Chevelle and Tool kind of a feel. And I was sure. like, okay, I like this. <laughs> Well, that's really cool. And then, so the business of it. So you guys, you guys have been doing this a year and a half. You're you're relatively new. You were strangers before a year and a half ago. Uh, you met on the internet. You got together. You figured it out. And then you've now you've put out an album. You've done some good business around that album, and you're really getting a lot of attention out there. So uh, I'm not sure how much you guys, if you've seen any of the Indie Brigade yet, or if you've heard about any of sort of our uh i don't know our manifesto for lack of a better word but i mean the idea behind the indie brigade is that we're a community of people who come together um and we've got a, a building we're building a community uh through facebook as well uh, for, for participants and friends of the show but what we try to do is we try to talk about some of the experiences uh, that we've had in the business of our projects and the business of our art, as well as the creative inspiration. So I think it's really cool that you guys kind of found each other and have this creative vibe uh, out of the blue and have gotten together. But what I'm curious to know a little bit about um, is sort of the business of how you became the spacing effect, how you decided to put out an album, the process you went through to get an album out so quickly, and maybe some of the 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 different distribution options that you may have looked at uh, before deciding on your final one and then maybe why you decided on what you went with. Yeah. You know, the, the nice thing about 2019 is we would not be able to do what we've done if we were talking 20 years ago, right? If you want to make a record, you have to shell out a bunch of money to go into a nice studio with a bunch of expensive gear, you know, and, and hire a producer and everything like that. Now, with, com with you know, computers being as powerful as they are and all the gear and stuff like that, um, you can make some real quality recordings, you know, in, in your home. And when Scotty and I first got together, you know, the, the, the initial, I guess, uh, uh, motivation was let's start a band. You know, that, that was kind of like, whatever, you know, let's, let's start a band. I just moved to town. Yeah. And, um, I was, you know, and, but, but starting a band is not easy, right? Like, you got to find three, four, maybe five other people who are very like-minded, who have the same schedules, who, you know. So I told him, I said, you know, we're, we're multi-instrumentalists. You know, I can program the drums. I play guitar, bass, sing. You do the same. Why don't we just write some songs and record them, right? Before we try to start a band and, and do that, because it could take months or even years to before you really dial it in. Right. Fast track the whole thing. And we just got together and we wrote some songs it came together really quickly because we were really on the same page right away. Um, and that's how we were able to put out an album within six months to a year. And, and we're continuing to do more. So the idea, you know, kind of shifted from let's start a band where we can play live and tour and all that to let's do something, you know, a, a project that we can work on where we can, you know, write and record songs. And maybe they will be appropriate for something in, you know, media, TV, film, whatever. Let's just see where this takes us. So that that's kind of how how things yeah. got going. I'll let Scotty speak to the, the, the spacing effect specifically in that name. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, I just heard it on the radio. So I mean, I heard it in some sort of uh, yeah study, like you were saying, George. Um, and I was like, that's actually kind of a cool name. So I just kind of kept that in the um, the Rolodex. And um, and then, uh, so one day when, yeah, when we we're finally getting songs done and stuff, we're like, well, we kind of need to put a name to this. 
And let me tell you, George, it was the most painful experience of my life band wise. <laughs> I, and I, I am not kidding. We, we agreed, we clicked so well on songs and with, you know, changes and all this kind of stuff. And then when it came to names, we could, we just we were just complete opposites. So we <laughs> literally, I literally still have like a almost a two hundred list names uh, list of names, and uh, some are still pretty good. We're like, hey, what's, if we're not going to use that, let's use it as a, a song name or something, you know? Yeah, right. Or a side band. Oh yeah, yeah. If that, if that ever happens, you guys um, form your own side band. That's the same same guys. Yes, yeah, my <laughs> solo <then>, project. <laughs> Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's, and then we just we finally kind of like that one was kind of dangling a little bit more, uh, just just had a little more uh, flavor in it, and we kind of just stuck with us. And finally, one day, I think Aaron just kind of gave up <laughs> and gave in, and just like, okay, yeah, you know, that kind of rings all right. And it's like, okay, and just kind of agreed. I think what it was too is you. I actually just for the sake of whatever, I I I. I named a folder on my desktop, the spacing effects. So I think the first oh, that's right. <laughs> writing, you were like, actually, you know, that, that, that could work. That's cool. But I also have to say, you know, that um, what really kind of got us going in the right direction was, was Max, Max Wassa. I mean, she basically, uh, you know, she, she's known Scotty before me. And I, and I understand that, you know, she basically told him, if you can get your act together, you know, let me know. Cause I, I have some, some opportunity for you. So that's really what made us focus and, and, and not only just write some songs, but actually write, you know, the best songs we can and finish them. Right. So I really have to give credit to her for, you know, kind of give, lighting give the, way, the push. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So, okay. So then, so then this all happens to you guys now. I mean, now you've got your album out, you're on uh, a label. Um, you've got music videos out. So, how let, let's start with uh, let's start with the the business of finding a label and and choosing a label and making sure that you guys were happy as a band and all of that other stuff. How about how about we want to talk to that a little bit? Yeah, um, Max again. Max Wasa was uh, um, been friends with her for a little while, and uh, and she always had you know faith in uh, some stuff that I was sending to my brother Billy, who's a professional stuntman. And um, and then Billy would show her, and she was like, "Oh, he's got something there." And then um, later on, we kept on talking and uh, kind of got a relationship going. And um, and again, like Aaron was saying, she found just like, you know, what do you got to lose? Get it going, you know. And so, I mean, Aaron and I hooked up, and finally, when we recorded some decent songs, and uh, I was like, "Well, let's just give them to her and see what she thinks." And then she liked them, and then she talked to. Uh, I believe Jeff Swanson from Dark, Dark Star Records, and uh, and he liked it, and he was like, "Well, oh, give these guys a shot." And so, I mean, it's kind of a nutshell, but uh, and then from there, we we liked what he had to offer too, and just kind of you know letting us um, pretty much let us do what we wanted to do, and that was very appealing to us as well. And uh, yeah, and so then he just had faith in us and kept us going. It's like, hey, do this and let's get this and uh, artwork and all that kind of other stuff that went along with it. And it's just, it kind of took off from there. Yeah, they've been great so far. That's really yeah. cool. That's, I love to hear stories like that. I really do, you know, because at the end of the day, it's funny because the way you guys met is is very modern and sort of new school for lack of a better term. And the yeah. way that the business of, of your business is going is very old school and I like that a lot because um, you know 
the old school way of introductions and things like that, they, they go a long way um, to, to kind of maintain solid relationships in this industry, both, yeah. both movies and, and music. Um, you know, and, and, you know, you had mentioned earlier, you guys had talked a little bit about wanting to talk about maybe putting some of your music into film and television and content and the content world. Um, you know, what have you done, uh, you know, uh, sort of toward that goal, uh, to this point and what are your plans for, to, to do some more, you know, to do some movie work moving forward? Yeah, well, we have um, the one video for our single killing time that we have out and we are in, uh, planning stages pre-production for uh, another video for a song called Gaia's Anchor. Um, and then after that, you know, we, it, we who knows, right? We just, uh, we're hoping to get, you know, have the right contacts, get in front of the right people, um, you know, do things like this to kind of promote and, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, all, all it takes is one, <laughs> yeah. you know, get your foot in yeah. the door. So, Right. What we need to do is we need to, you know, keep developing our catalog, right? And, and, and our songs and, um, you know, that, uh, and diversify what we're doing so that, you know, maybe we have something that fits for, for a movie or, or a TV commercial or whatever. Sure. That's very cool. Well, uh, your, your video, the one thing I got to say, uh, beyond the fact that I listened to your music, uh, over the last couple of days in my workshop, and I think you guys are great. Uh, but beyond that, you know, I think, the the name the branding the business of of the way you seem to be approaching this and presenting yourself is uh it's really first rate i mean you know the name of your band falls in line with uh even a lot of the sort of tone of your music um your lyrics everything it's all very cool and it all fits in with this brand that i think you guys have created that I'm not sure how much of that you set out intentionally to say, hey, let's make all of this a cohesive brand. But if that is what you did, you did a phenomenal job and everything uh, really is working. And it's 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 really great to see a story like you guys, you know, and it's it's nice to meet you guys. And it's really nice to have you on the show. And, you know, one of the things that uh, that the brigade is about in our private community that we're trying to build uh, is collaboration, complete and total collaboration. Um, you know, so hopefully you guys will will accept your invites to join the community, become part of that group um, as well. Absolutely. And, you know, that's going to be made up of uh, independent um, filmmakers and musicians and, and a lot of other people in the business as well. So, uh, you know, yeah, we, we, we saw we saw what you did with um, uh, what was it? Bastards of a uh, Bastard, uh, yeah, Bastard Sons of Judas Goat. Chuck, yeah. Yeah. In his yeah. in his movie Killing Time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, uh, and Chuck's a dear friend of mine, and so is Scott, and uh, yeah, so it's funny. We're gonna have to keep this Killing Time theme going throughout <laughs> every four episodes. We need a reference to the phrase Killing Time. Then there you go. <laughs> I've actually got the video queued up. Oh no, kidding! <laughs> we, we have the technology. <laughs> Oh, we're, we're busting balls again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, we, we may have the technology. Yeah. I, I don't know. Let, 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 me, let me think about it for a moment. All right. You guys mind if we play it? Uh, yeah, go for I it. I don't mind. Awesome.
dream about everything that could have been day to day. Your disguise is perfect to fit in. Everyone claims change is too hot for them. So why bother to run when lying down is so much fun? You out to shake, but to wrap around your neck day to day. The simple lives are easy to let in. Everyone feels like all they do is important. Take off your mask and look at the world spread before you. There it is. There it is. Guys, it's great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. You Thank, know, you. Thank it's, you. It's it's great. So let's talk a little bit about the production of it. Uh, who did it? Who who? How did you guys pull it off? How did you produce it? How big was your crew? How long was the shoot? Well, it was uh, pretty much, I mean, mainly two people. It was uh, Billy Bussey, my brother, the guy in the video. And Kevin Kim, his friend, uh, and they had a few other people that helped on. I, I don't know their names, but um, it was just kind of a 
very very low budget um did what they could because they uh because billy lives in georgia and kev lives in georgia and uh we're in california so <laughs> so uh billy came over here for a little bit and we tried to shoot some stuff here uh and then when he went back he tried to film the rest uh over there just him and kevin and they were both still really busy doing their um other gigs and other uh, uh stunt projects so they were trying to make it work as much as they could so um but it took them uh i mean it took them probably, i think a couple of months and that's and that's what we got oh well, that's great yeah they, they did really did a top you know a top shelf job with it i really like it a lot and i love the message you know i really do like the messaging of that song and uh i think it's important it's an important thing to get out there and you yeah. know, maybe, maybe you know, maybe a song with messaging like that by a band called The Spacing Effect that uses the spacing effect will actually put that message in more people's long-term memory. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, listen. Where tell everybody where we can find you, where they can go support you, how they can support you, where they can find your music and follow you and follow your lives and stalk you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think Aaron and I are both on uh, Facebook, but uh, on uh, uh, Facebook, you can also do um, the page hooked up to mine is The Spacing Effect. Um, and then we're on Instagram uh, and then uh, on Twitter as well. So um, and got some uh, pictures, pictures, some videos, some commentary. Yeah. And you get cool. our album on all the streaming services, Apple Music, Spotify, you name it. So you're everywhere. We're everywhere. Awesome. Before they leave, I got Chuck asking, do you all ever do splits or collaborations with other bands? We have not yet to date, yeah. but we um, are, everything's on the table as far as this project goes. Let's put it that way. I, I, I really want to hook up with AJ from, uh, from The Dangerous Summer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he also said after watching the video, dig it, reminds me of some later grunge stuff from the late, later 90s. <clears throat> Latter 90s. Yeah. Very I'm going to lose my voice now. Um, what I want to do uh, for the next couple of minutes, if I may, if Max is available, yep, it looks like she is. want to bring her up for a moment before you guys leave so she can say hi, and then we're going to continue with her. Great. Guys, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you yes, so thank much. you for having us, George and Joe. Absolutely. Hi, Max. Hey, Max. I, I hear you know you're right You can't hear anything. I can't hear you. Oh, Joe. Oh, no. Joe. Do something, Joe. <laughs> Joe, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. It's Don't coming. Hey, 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 hey. Comments. <laughs> it, it may be the cell phone. It may not be Joe. Uh-huh. Oh. Problem is Joe. George, can you hear me? Yeah. Scotty, can you hear me? Yeah. Aaron, can you hear me? Yeah. Max, can you hear me? Oh no. <laughs> Are we putting Max too much on the spot right now? You know, while we're waiting, since we were talking about killing time, you know, the, the origins of that song, um, I, I have uh, on my iPhone on the notes app, just a bunch of 
song ideas, song title ideas. If like, something comes in my head, I, I put it in the phone. Otherwise, it's it'll be gone within minutes, right? Sure. And we were getting together, and we had the music first. And then when it came to like lyrics and the content of what the song was, I just had killing time in my phone. Or no, I, I had you say you're killing you're killing time, but time is killing you. I had that phrase. Okay. And as soon as Scotty heard it, he's like, oh, I got a song. I got a whole song for that. So I just let him I let him go home and run with it. And he came back with what you just heard. And that's how it works, huh? That's how it works. It literally uh, and is that how it pretty consistently works with you because you know it's funny i do i do a similar thing with uh screenplays and everything i'll I'll just write down a phrase or a sentence or you know i'll write down like diner saturday afternoon and you know one day might not might be five years from now i'll see that again and i'll be like oh shit and i'll start to write pretty much how it always works with you aaron pretty much yeah Yeah. it just kind of starts with a spark a little idea and then we just build off it from there and and we kind of complete each other's sentences musically i mean there's so many of these songs where i've written the verses and he writes the chorus or vice versa it's just kind of and and it's good because sometimes you all have these verses i mean i don't know where the chorus is like i'm stuck i i got nothing i'll hand it to scott and he'll come back and just have this awesome chorus and it's like yep you just you just finished the song That's really cool, man. You know, you, you literally just don't hear enough stories like you guys' stories uh, these days. You just don't. Um, you know, I, I would like to hear some more about maybe some uh, some struggles that you guys have overcome, uh, you know, or anything other than maybe arguing over the name of the band. Uh, uh, <laughs> that, any, that was a struggle. <laughs> anything, anything, you know, in terms of like, you know, any anything that seemed almost insurmountable to you uh, through this journey so far that you guys were like, you know, let's just dig down and, and power through it. Yes. To be honest, and oh. I don't want to monopolize the time for Max, but to be honest, um, the biggest challenge or struggle so far has been the fact that, you know, we have full time jobs. Yeah, so he has a family. Um, life, life kind of gets in the way sometimes, right? So that for us, that I mean, if it if I didn't have to work or have all these other responsibilities, and if I could just write and record all day, not <laughs> ten albums worth of material right now. But it's just it's the scheduling, it's the logistics of life that really has been the biggest challenge so far. But you know, you just got to be disciplined. You got to carve out the time. And you got to commit to it. And, um, you know, the cool thing is once I'm in this room, it, it, you know, 20 minutes can turn into four hours, like, like nothing. So as yeah. long as I don't have any yeah. distractions, it's go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's- and, and as far as me, uh, Aaron and I as any kind of butting heads, I don't know if it's initially butting heads, but kind of struggle would be, I would almost say like, Aaron, if you agree with me or not, I would say it's this new song I'm having a real hard time with. Um, uh, something we've been working on for a while and it's just, I'm having a hard time with it, with just trying to make a little more, uh, I don't know, it just, it, the click, I guess you can say. And I'm having a really hard time with the click of it. Cause it's a little, it's a little harder, uh, a, a little, a little bit different than what we've been doing. Um, and I'm just, I don't know. I, 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 and I think, um, I don't know unless Aaron thinks differently, but I feel like we've kind of been struggling a little bit on this one on, on, uh, on can break me. Yeah. I, I know. I don't know. Look, some songs, they write themselves within minutes. Others take months or years to complete, right? So yeah. you can't rush that process. Um, you know, I, I the way that we've been kind of approaching this, too, is 
whoever brings in the, the initial idea or the bulk or the essence of the song kind of takes the driver's seat in terms of the, the production, right? We, we co-produce, but we kind of defer to the one who brought it in. And, and so it, it's a vice versa thing. Um, so, you know, like on some songs, you know, Scott's, Scott's having a hard time with, with a production decision, you know, I'm like, well, this is, this is your baby. So I'll, I'll support whatever you want to do. I'll put in my two cents. I'll, you know, I'll say, Hey, I think we, we should do this or this or whatever. Um, but it, it, you know, it's that dynamic, that back and forth of like, give and take, like, all right, I'll let you make the decision. You're in the driver's seat. Now let me drive. Right. And, and right, then right. Forth. And it's easier to do with two people. That's the other thing about bands, right? Yeah, yeah. Three, four or five people. You want to know why bands don't make it? It's not necessarily a matter of talent or lack of. It's getting four people to get along for a to agree. Yeah. Time. <laughs> Creative differences say it ain't so. Right. <laughs> so we just streamline it with two people. It's awesome. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I enjoy. I enjoy the fact that you guys respect each other from that point of view too. You know. Um, Look, everybody runs into some sort of struggle, and you know, uh, hell, I wouldn't even mind dedicating part of the Indie Brigade to helping people figure out how to just power through some of these struggles. You know, I've got some stories that, that I've been writing for ten years, and then I've got scripts that I've written in five days. You know, and nice. it's, it's it's literally the same thing. And you either have that inspiration or you don't have that inspiration. Um, you know, when you're when you're writing, I don't. I, I've only I've only co-written with a couple of people in my life. But when you're when I'm writing, I find when I'm writing, uh, I'm my own worst enemy, and I have the worst arguments with myself because I know all my own buttons and I push them from both sides. And you know, and I'm like, no, fuck you, no, fuck you. It's just like, you know, and that can kill the progress on anything. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's nice to have, uh, that other, you know, another voice and, and it's really cool that you guys have this sort of symbiotic thing going. Um, you know, do, do you ever just kind of, like you said, you, you're, you're, you've got a sticking point. Do you ever just say, look, I'm stuck. Just, I'm just going to flip it over to you and take off the handcuffs and, and see what you come back with and vice versa. You know what I mean? Do you guys help each other through that way? Is that a, a good tactic? Absolutely. There's been emails where, you know, it's been, Hey man, I've taken it. I got nothing. This is I, I, this is as far as I can go. Take us to the finish line. Uh, so yeah, that, that that happens quite a bit. And I'll tell you too, from a production standpoint, um, you know, it when you're when you're doing it by yourself and you're your own worst enemy. Sometimes it is good to have just another person to to kind of give you that boost of confidence. You know, like yeah. Dude, that take was awesome. No, that you know, are you sure? No, that's a keeper. We're keeping that one, and, and we're you know moving on and. And I try to do that when I, when I, you know, cause I, I'm kind of, you know, taking the, I do the, the engineering part and Scotty does a lot of the administrative, you know, stuff. So, so, you know, a lot of times it's, it's just pumping them up. Right. And saying, this is, you're going to get it in this take. Enjoy yeah. it. You know? yeah. All right, guys, hold on one second. Max, can you hear us? I can hear you. Hey. Can hear you. Hear me? Yeah. Oh, yes. I hope it's in three seconds. It's, uh, it's a little choppy, but Max, I hear you know these guys. Yeah, I know those guys. Those, those two funny-looking guys over there. <laughs> Wait a minute. Which you got to be more specific when there's two funny-looking guys. <laughs> so tell us. But hey, musician. I don't know. Are you? No. Are you a musician? No. No. So tell us, tell us about when you when you found these guys and you found the spacing effect and what about 
what what just kind of resonated with you about these guys and what made you want to jump on board um well fact, uh there's this uh, very famous amazing stuntman that i know um named billy bussy who happens to have a uh, older brother named scott and and he said hey you have to listen to my brother's music and i went really <laughs> do I have to? Is that a thing? And he goes, no, 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 just just listen to it. And I did. And I said, wow, you know, he's got something. He just needs a little direction and um, needs to play with with somebody who's equally as good. And so I talked to Scotty and I said, you know, this is what I would like for you to do. Um, and I don't know why, but he listens to me and, <laughs> and he, he went out and he, he found Aaron, who is the absolute perfect match for him um, musically and, and every other way. They just really are the perfect pair. And, um, you know, I gave him a challenge. I, I gave him a direction and they did it. And I, you know, turned around, went back to uh, my label, which is Dark Star Sony, and said, look what I have. And they went, this rocks. We want to sign them. And I, I said, all right, here we go. <laughs> so That's hang very on, cool. That's very Here's cool. That's how it used to work. So That's, how it, That's how it should still work. That's how it does work it, still. It, yeah. He's I think we've got some lag or something. There seems to be a big delay there, Joe. Seems to be a big delay, Joe. Okay. This isn't Joe. <laughs> well, this is Joe. But yeah, no, that's you. It says it under your face. <laughs> is my face turning red again? Yeah. Yeah. That's my mind, George. Got some serious lag going on. Got some candy for it. <laughs> the lag is not my fault, brother, unfortunately. Uh, okay. it, it may be a little bit of a technical defect on where Max is because everybody else is working just fine. All right. Well, it's still your fault somehow. Okay. okay. <laughs> Strong shoulders. I want to give a shout out to, my, to, to Lance again. He's saying Max is my hero. <laughs> Max is amazing. Max is amazing. Uh, that's for Lance and his beautiful wife. Ah, Samantha, absolutely. So, uh, how concerned are we with this lag right now? Or are we wanting to continue? Can you? I can hear you if you can hear me. There you go. Now it seems to be okay. All right, cool. Okay. All I right. Won't well, Max, we're real happy to have you here, and it's really great that you that you help find these guys and get them together and get this whole thing going and. You know, it's cool that that uh, it all kind of came through the stunt world, which is kind of the bulk of what I wanted to talk to you about tonight anyway, because, um, you know, I've known a, a lot of people in that world over my life as well. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty phenomenally amazing community of people, the stunt world, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm doing a music video next week. Um, with the amazing stunt um, uh, coordinator, Tony Snedgoff, and I'm going to assist on that. That's going to be my first, like, assisting first stunt. So I'm 
pretty stoked about that opportunity to learn how to rig. That's very cool. That's very exciting. So how long have you been, uh, you, you've produced, you've acted, you've done, you've done a lot of stuff in this business. You've done stunts. Um, you know, what, what, like, what do you think is, is the most important thing that people need to know about the, the stunt industry in 2019? Um, you know, I'd be curious just to see what you have to say to that question. Yeah, well, I, I'm hoping that you can hear me, but um, stunts, what people don't understand about stunts is, you know, when you watch a movie, there's so many people behind that making it look perfect, you know, and it's a very, very dangerous job. So when you're watching a Sylvester Stallone or, you know, one of the many other action heroes that we have, there's a team of guys behind that doing all of the stunts it's not actually the stars you know sometimes but insurance wise you can't really do that anymore so um you know they're risking their life every single day and it takes a lot of training a lot of sacrifice emotionally physically you know their families give up a lot and you never know if you, just like you know when you send somebody out to war it's kind of like that you're sending them out you know, to the battleground. And if they come back, it's, you know, a, a great day and a great success. And all of these men and women, from the guy who drives the truck to the guy who hangs rigging, um, they all need to be awarded with an Oscar. There are no Oscars. There is no category for stunt. Um, there's only, you know, in the very small um, group setting, but not in individual stunts. And that needs to change. And the money needs to be better. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like here. Let's talk about this for a second. So, you know, and, and uh, a lot of the people that, that watch this show are more on the indie side, the fringe side of things, uh, in some cases, the outlaw side of things. And, you know, a lot of the productions um, that a lot of us work on we we bootstrap these things up, you know. Um, we don't we don't have a lot of the budgets that larger stunt crews require. Uh, we don't have a lot of the budgets that the crews uh, need legitimately to spend on things, you know, luxuries like safety harnesses and, <laughs> and professional <Yeah>. training. <laughs> um, so you know. Uh, it's interesting because these guys are out there risking risking it all. Literally, you know, we've lost some phenomenal people, uh, some phenomenal stunt folks, but uh, also some great people to stunts that have gone bad over the years. And, you know, they're out there doing this stuff for pennies on the dollar compared to what the stars are, are getting paid. And, you know, that goes back to the entire, obviously, the entire studio system, which obviously isn't going to change anytime soon. So, but, you know, it's interesting because... Uh, you know, the Academy is getting some pressure to add new categories. Uh, and I'm wondering, is there some sort of movement out there uh, actually? To get to? Is there? Yes, there is. So tell us about that. So um, I'm an union actor. Um, most stunt people are 
but it's very difficult to make a, you know, a living because there's, you know, there's a lot of competition for those. So you do what you get called to do. Um, and uh, there is a great movement now uh, in support of getting the Oscar, getting a nomination, getting, you know, on the ballot at all. Um, so, but that's through the union, through SAG. So we ask everybody to just, you know, all SAG and say, hey, we demand this, we want this. This is important. Because, you know, our entertainment is, uh, is important, but their lives are more important. Well, sure. Okay. So, well, now let me ask you this. What, uh, what would you maybe have uh, to say to some folks who, uh, who obviously have some projects they're working on that require legitimate professional stunt work, um, but have, have not even close to any amount of money that could come close to considering hiring a uh, SAG stunt crew? Uh, because the, as we know, this costs money. So, rightfully so, but it still costs money. Yeah, that, that's true. It does, it costs a lot of money. But um, it, it should it should be the first thing on your list, on your budget, is if you're going to do an action film, if you're going to do anything, you know, horror-wise, uh, that's related to somebody's life being in danger, do the smart thing. Get the ultra low uh, through SAG. It's not that expensive. Um, and you can still be called an indie film. That's right. Um, it's just more important that everybody's safe. You know, not just your actors, but, you know, your, your film crew as well. Because, you know, something goes wrong. It goes wrong for everybody. That's right. And, you know... I thank you for that. That's exactly what I was hoping you were going to say, because, you know, I think people get tired of hearing me say the same shit over and over. And so it's nice for them to hear it from somebody else, especially Joe. Look at him. <laughs> Asshole. I could be a bobblehead right now. <laughs> but before we go on any further, um, I don't want to bore Scotty and Aaron with this any longer. Uh, guys, we really do appreciate you being on tonight. Um, again, the spacing effect and their video killing time. Make sure to check them out on where, guys? On uh, Spotify, Amazon, you name it. All the streaming services. All right. Uh, we will you guys. send you an invite to that group again, and uh, we greatly appreciate having you on. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Have a great night. Thank you George. Bye, Max. <laughs> Love you guys. Oh, I'm hitting wrong buttons now. See, everybody's making me nervous. <laughs> oh, okay. there now we go. Choppy again. So you can tell okay. me the less streams we have going on, the worse it is now. Don't tell me that, Max. Oh, great. I can know. you hear me? It's so crazy. You actually sound okay now. It's can so, you hear so me okay? Great. You know, I'm in Orlando. I, I have to do this uh, uh, UOCon tomorrow that I'm signing at. And I'm staying oh, cool. at this gorgeous hotel with the worst internet service I've ever seen. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so let's talk sorry. about conventions then. I think Joe just flashed up an ad for and now uh, I don't tomorrow. Hear you at all. Oh, Joe. Uh, oh, is Joe. Joe this, Joe that. Joe. Yeah, I don't hear you at all, Joe. No, I can start like punching buttons, but they don't do anything. Just for once, Joe would like a pat on the back. Oh, or not. You kind of back? Good job, back. Joe. Can, can can you hear us, Max? Can you hear me? I yeah, kind of. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Well, at least she says that the yeah. worst Wi-Fi she's ever had. We probably look like Max Hedrum to her right now. Probably. Ah. All right. Uh, hold up. Can't hear, can't hear us. We can hear you. You can't hear us. Nothing. Okay. Well, then I'll just talk. I'll just like move my lips. <laughs> it's silly. Uh, yeah, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> uh, it's awful embarrassing when Joe messes up. And and you're gone again. Why? Why? What is happening to our lives? <laughs> well, I, I don't know if if we should continue to do this. I mean, I'm having fun. You beating up on yeah, me. Yeah, but it's just kind of like a way, you know. I mean, like I'm I'm really excited to talk to you. Interpretive dance or something. You know, I am down with her doing an interpretive dance. <laughs> I really want to know about things, and you know, this. This is not good. <laughs> All right, Max. I, I think right. I think we're gonna call it, Max. We're gonna have to reschedule. Um, what I am going to do though is I would put the banner up for where you're gonna be tomorrow in Orlando, guys. If you are in the South Florida area, go check out Max at UFOCon. I'm sure she'd love to see you. Who's been in all these great movies that I didn't get to talk to her about? Right. Yes, please come so. down if you can hear me down tomorrow. I'm there from uh, ten until six. Um, I would love to meet everybody. <laughs> if you want to put like the the chat on, um, I'll just read your chats and answer live in your chat room. Cool. How's that sound? That'll work. Oh, all right. Max, again, thank you for joining us. We're going to have to do it again, and you're going to get an invite to that group. I don't know if you can hear me, but we will catch you next time. Thank you very much. Oh, and. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I mean, that happens with hotel rooms. We can't really uh, do that. At least I still don't have that hair out of place. I still have that candy, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not what I'm drinking. <laughs> not in the mic. Come on. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it, it's time to bring up Josh Milligan. And I'm excited about this. I've been watching his show, and it's interesting with the science around all of it and you laugh your ass off. Well, let's just bring him up. Josh. Hey, Josh. What's up guys. Can you hear me? Yeah. Excellent. I can hear you too. I've been cracking up behind the scenes in the lobby. 
with you two uh, getting on each other. I like it. It's fun. Well, well, you know, that's that's part of Joe's job. Producer slash punching bag. Right on. Thanks for having me. I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, both of you and films and the indie community and, uh, you know, just happy to be here. Back at you, man. Thank you for coming on. It really means the world. I love going on now. And, you know, we pre-show, we talked a little bit. You and I, our, our lives have circled each other for a long time. So definitely it's nice to nice to be uh, talking with you. And, and especially when you've just kind of got something relatively new in your life and very cool going on with the chronic horror thing. Yeah, chronic horror. It's my yeah. whole life has been chronic horror in 2019. It's been it's been brewing since March. So um, the fact that uh, it just was released earlier in October uh, has been incredible, and we're about to gear up to uh, film a few more episodes uh, in about a week. So it's rolling. That's awesome. So uh, you said March. It's been percolating and uh, just made available in October. How long did it take? How many episodes do you have done? How long did it take you? to get the, that many episodes done and in the can? Uh, we really knocked them all four out in one weekend. Um, a lot of it had to do with the fact that my director, Hank Braxton, was busy on another movie. Uh, so we had a lot of time to um, uh, brainstorm. Uh, and he wasn't available to shoot until, I think it was August or, or early September. So that's part of the reason it was uh, percolating for a long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had one like 18 hour day where we filmed all three of the in-studio episodes. And then the next day we did the field trip episode. Very cool. Very cool. You want to see, you want to see the trailer? Yeah, I would love to see the trailer and anybody who's watching, uh, who doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, you're in for a treat. So check this out. Oh, one second, please. Of course, nothing's going to want to work now. Good job, Joe. Greetings, my chronic connoisseurs. Welcome, folks. You've arrived at the intersection of horror movie fandom and cannabis culture. Prepare to get lit. I'm a big fan of 420 Massacre. So I was uh, smoking out, thinking of the story ideas, and probably honestly the title is the first thing that came to my head. What we're going to do is we're going to put this over your face, and then we're going to attach this bomb device. You know, you might not be able to breathe for two or three minutes. Mind if I? I would not. Look at that. Your mouth is kind of core. I am whipping up my s'mores edible entrails, and these are super easy and inexpensive to make. Uh, oh, yeah. That's legit. You- this is definitely above PG-13. <laughs> i got to take a third look now. Right? Yes. That's yeah, not. That's a great title. Get her. Oh, get her. Uh, uh, look at that. Uh. Oh. <laughs> I gotta lay off. Chronic or for your brainstem. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta say, it looks like probably one of the most fun shows probably anybody has ever had making 
You know, uh, not to not to brag or anything, but yeah, I, I think everyone who's a part of it has a good time. You know, this is my first experience in front of the camera. Uh, you know, primarily my, my day job is I'm a journalist uh, for Dread Central. Um, so, you know, I didn't aspire to have my own show. But yeah, I mean, we have such a blast and I have such a good attitude that like everyone's having a good time. Like every time someone says cut, it's like everyone, you know, the crew all just starts cracking up. Everyone's been holding in laughs the whole time. So it's, it's really good. And, you know, uh, I have a great team supporting me and it's a ton of fun. And, you know, we actually do get stoned and, you know, that's when everything just becomes really organic and we fly by the seat of our pants. And uh, just so far it's been a blast. <laughs> That's pretty cool. We fly by the seat of our pants here too with this podcast, but it's mostly just because Joe's still trying to learn his job. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do with you, man? It's that damn Cracker Jack degree. I think sometimes you, Joe can just tell they're coming. He's just like, here comes another one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Listen, so you talked about the fact that you, your day job, you're a journalist with Dread Central. Let's talk about that for real quick. Uh, just for anybody who doesn't know, Maybe give us a quick rundown on that, uh, on who you are, where you come from, what makes you particularly the most qualified person to have the the insight and the opinions that you have, which I think are really cool in the episodes of Chronic Horror that I've watched. You know, just give us a little background. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, sure. I mean, I started blogging a little over 10 years ago uh, just as a way to kind of keep a personal journal of the movies I was watching and enjoying. Uh, from there, I got a few gigs with websites where I really learned to hone my craft and um, develop my own individual voice. And uh, I was lucky enough to become a contributor for Dread Central in 2016. Uh, hopefully everyone knows what Dread Central is. It's one of the biggest, most respected horror websites in the planet, on the planet, in the world. And I'm just super stoked to be there. Uh, about a year ago, I was promoted to managing editor, um, which was a dream come true. And um, unexpectedly, uh, the editor-in-chief uh, uh, resigned, gave us two-week notice uh, in late September. So in addition to launching Chronic Horror, I've been promoted to the co-editor-in-chief. Uh, so I've got a whole bunch of new responsibilities at Dread Central as well. So I I'm living the dream, though. I mean, I'm busy but I'm busy with horror movies and writing and chronic horror and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, man. It sounds like a, like a dream life for real. You know? I mean, in terms of, you know, what makes me qualified uh, for the chronic aspect of it, you know, uh, I've been a, a cannabis user for a number of years now and I've just watched the industry evolve, you know, um, from the days where, you know, I used to have to call three different people just to be able to score an eighth. And these days there are not only dispensaries uh, throughout the state, but there are delivery services that'll bring it right to your door. Um, it's, a, it's a golden age. It's a golden age for cannabis. It's a golden age for horror movies. And I just came up with this idea to uh, kind of cross the streams and see what happens. <laughs> I love it, man. I love the... Uh... That's a nice little nutshell. You just put all that into. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, and I think that you do have a unique voice on this thing. And I think that, you know, I think it's important to talk about the fact, you know, because we're going to have some people watching this who are going to, you know, one guy said, uh, I'm not a weed guy, but I'll check it out. A lot of people do. And you don't have to be a weed guy to enjoy it. Yeah. That. I mean, as long as you like horror movies, you're going to like it. And, and, you know, even if you don't necessarily love horror movies, if you like comedy, you're going to like it. 
Yeah, and you know what? But if you do like horror movies and you want to listen to somebody talk about horror movies in a way that most people don't talk about horror movies, it's also a good experience. And not to mention the food aspect of it. There you go. Casey, like, the homicidal homemaker. Yeah. You know, a funny that. story about her. You know, when I was first developing the show with Hank Braxton, he said, what do you think about creating like a mad scientist character who's like a cook and he makes up the munchies? And I was like, no, I know the perfect person because I had met Casey at some horror conventions. And I'm all, there's someone out there who's got a look, who's got a brand, who makes these incredible horror themed munchies already. So we just got to rope her in. And thankfully she was down. So, I mean, uh, her segments really add a ton to the overall uh, show, the feeling of it, the vibe. And I I'm just so happy that she's a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm a foodie. I'm a cook. Uh, Lance. He wants me to adopt him and take him around on all the set visits and cons I cover. I love Lance. <laughs> Lance is pretty awesome. Did he just pop up? Yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> yeah i'll adopt you one of these days i promise everybody knows lance and i like that i think lance is a solid guy man. yeah he, he is nothing but show us love and support and yeah, uh, he's been he's been really supportive of my writing and you know chronic horror and uh yeah i mean he's a great guy he's a friend to everyone in the horror community yeah so it's interesting because of your position at dread um, you have an opportunity to talk to a lot of people that a lot of other people don't have an opportunity to talk to. Yeah. And you, and you get to talk to them on a very personal level. You know, I've done some pieces, but Dred's done some pieces on me over the years. And they're all, they're, they're always very, you know, sometimes you get these interviews and they're like, Hey, can I send you an interview? And it's like, Hey, what's your favorite candy? And right. you know, <laughs> what are, what's your favorite five movies? But you guys, you know, have historically with me taken the time to ask really deep questions and meaningful stuff that require me to sit back and say, well, I guess I'm going to be fucking honest and, you know, and say stuff on Dread that I might not say in other interviews. Yeah, um, I mean, we really do try to do the deep dive. You know, um, everyone's going to ask the same four or five questions. So if you can avoid asking those four or five questions, you've probably engaged your subject more and they're going to have a better time and you're going to get better content. That's right. And then when it, you know, in terms of some of the folks you've spoken to, uh, you know, I can only imagine some of the uh, stories that you've had access to with regard to the business of the indie side of this industry. Well, and, and even the major studio side, like I did a, a set visit for Dr. Sleep back in November, uh, you know, pretty much a year ago. And like I was embargoed and I couldn't even talk about that until, you know, just a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah, it's been great to see, you know, filmmaking on all kinds of different levels. And then with chronic horror to actually be in front of the camera, uh, I'm learning, you know, a whole nother side to it there as well. Did I say a whole nother? Okay. I'm, I'm not from Pittsburgh. Language in Pittsburgh where I'm from. So <laughs> right on. I, there's nothing wrong with that. Cool. Um, so so this is your first time in front of the camera. This is a whole new experience in your life. Yeah. What, um, what's, what's been the, the hardest thing for you to overcome making this shift and walking around in front of the lens? I mean, um, I, think, uh, I think I'm a bit of a natural, not to sound braggadocious or anything, but, you know, it, it did come pretty natural to me, you know, when they turned the cameras on and, and they just said, go with it. I remember, you know, the first few takes, Hank was like, you know, Josh, you're excited about this. This is your show. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a little while to get my footing. But, um, 
you know, because we actually have a, uh, a studio writer who's there, you know, to kind of help with questions and to keep things moving along if we need them. But we ended up hardly using any of the scripted content, um, you know, because I was able to just start an interesting conversation and, you know, uh, things happen organically. Plus, on a show like Chronic Horror, even the bloopers become usable, you know, because it's funny and it's about, you know, saying and doing funny things and being a little, uh, you know, when you're in vibe, there's always that X factor where you might say or do something silly. So it's just been a ton of fun. I'm lucky in that um, I haven't uh, had too many major hurdles, even though I didn't train in acting or theater or anything like that. You know, doing my interviews, like you said, uh, was was really a big part of, you know, um, my process in, in getting to this point. You know, because I started out as a journalist, and when I first imagined Chronic Horror, it was much more basic, and it was just going to be a talk show, except we would smoke joints during it. Um, <laughs> and it was only with Hank uh, really getting behind it and helping develop it that we turned it into something really awesome. I mean, doesn't that set look cool? You know, yeah, everything about it's first rate. You know? I know, it looks like a million bucks. I mean, I'm so proud of everything that my team uh, did and to Patrick Ewald for executive producing it, for believing in the idea from a, a guy who pitched a show who had never been on a show before. So, I mean, everyone's just been really supportive um, and I'm just hoping it, it finds its audience and that uh, it takes off because, you know, considering the hard work everyone's put into it, I, I think it, it really deserves to be seen. Listen, I didn't even know about Patrick. Uh, I go way, way back with him. Yeah, too. yeah. He's a great guy. You know, yeah, um, tell him I said, hi, please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Epic owns Dread and uh, their horror distribution arm is called Dread. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's a real supporter of horror and Dread Central and, uh, I think we've got some really good movies coming down the pike too. So it's, it's great. It's a great company to be involved with. And he's a great guy to work with. He's a phenomenal guy. And uh, you know, he's had, he's always sort of had this kind of visionary approach to everything and a love for, uh, for the independent as well. So I think that's, uh, that's really cool, man. I think, uh, I think you're, you're onto something potentially really big with this chronic horror. Uh, oh, thank you. you know, it's exciting for me to watch it happen uh, for you and to kind of pay attention as it's happening. Uh, Excellent. Um, well, one thing I do want to uh, play, I'm sure you'd give me time, but it kind of feels like a natural time here. You know, we're actually doing a live screening in uh, Hollywood a week from tomorrow, Saturday, November 16th, at the here. Arena Sin Lounge on Sunset Boulevard. We're going to screen all four episodes of Chronic Horror. We're going to show some behind the scenes stuff that was like a little too spicy for the internet, where it definitely, uh, you know, becomes something that uh, the FCC would want to slap us for. Um, and, you know, I'm going to have my guests back. Uh, Hank's going to be there, and it's going to be a little bit of a reunion. If you want to attend, it's free. Uh, you can find uh, an event listing on Dread Central's Facebook page. If you go to uh, Dread Central on Facebook and just check out their events. I'd love to have you out. Uh, anyone who's watching and in the LA area who uh, might enjoy it, please come on out next Saturday. Hell yeah, that's awesome. And and uh, the lady you had on episode one is is from Camilla, the Cine Lounge. Yeah, she's the promoter there. She is so awesome. Uh, her episode was 
definitely one of the most fun to do. And you know, I got to tell you this one line that got cut. I, so much had to get cut, you know, in order for us to get these really uh, uh, tight and snappy. But there was one point, like right after we smoked and we got back in our chairs where she was like, I might be the highest person on the planet right now. It was so <laughs> funny. She just had me rolling. And that's why, you know, we don't even really need scripted content when, you know, you have guests like that. Well, yeah. And, you know, it was interesting because something that, that, um, that was talked about in that episode that resonated with me, man, was uh, the fact that I think in that episode you did, uh, what was the movie? The, the Loved Ones. Yeah, The Loved Ones. Um, which is a great, great movie to watch. It's oh, a lot yeah. of fun, and uh, it's it's a good time the whole way through. But, I mean, what you guys were talking about was uh, how people, you know, with all the money that Australia's spending, you know, how do people over here kind of find these movies? And your answer was by watching shows like this. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's something that I feel very uh, strongly about. I feel like part of my, my job with chronic horror is to introduce people to films that maybe they haven't seen yet. And I know that you know people want to um, watch something that has to do with films they've already seen so they can kind of like um, you know get into the spirit of it. So I kind of try to mix it. You know, I try to do uh, a popular mainstream movie and then something a little more obscure, you know, so you, you get a you get a little mix. I think it's enjoyable both ways, but for me, I really enjoy when you when you kind of shine the light on something that that most people or a lot of people might not know about or might not have heard about. Because you know, it's interesting. When I was a kid, if we wanted to find that stuff, we had to you know tell our parents we were going to a friend's house, hop on two buses to get downtown, hop on another right. to get to the next city, and find you know some weird comic store or underground video store. And um, that was the only way you found half the stuff. I mean, hell, there was a time when that was the only way to even find my dad's stuff, uh, his early, you know what I mean? And right. um, and it's cool because now today it's that we've got guys like you. We've got guys like you at Dread and we've got Dread and we've got, um, you know, we've got ways to get that stuff out there. And, you know, I think one of the things that I'm excited about you being part of the brigade uh, for is that, you know, uh, I'm sure you've heard me talk about it. We're trying to start and build a small growing community um, for uh, guests and friends of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where we all become basically resources for each other. So if somebody says, shit, man, I got this movie, you know, I showed it to some people, they liked it, or, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to distribute it or what to do, you know, uh, to have you, you know, if you're willing to be part of that community as much or as little as you're willing to be Heck part yeah. of Heck yeah, I mean, sign me up, make I me part of the brigade, send me my uniform. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. I think it's going to be really cool to have you be, you know, be part of that because I think you have a perspective on this industry that a lot of folks um, don't don't have and don't have access to. And well, that's I'm, I'm still just a fan first and foremost. You know, we all are. All, all everything I do is just for the love of it. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was actually afraid that if I got too into the industry that it would lose its luster. You know, I'd see too much behind the curtain, but it really hasn't been the case. And maybe it's the fact that horror is such a community in and of itself. Maybe it's not the same with other genres on action movies or comedies, but um, horror really is just a huge family and I love yeah. it. Yeah. It's a tremendous community of people ferociously loyal and vicious and, um, you know, but truly, uh, some of the best friends I've ever made have come out of this community. Definitely. You know what I mean? Friends for life type things. Absolutely. Um, 
So this is really cool. Well, what else do you have going on? Wait a minute. Uh, Time out. I got some stuff in the chat. Okay. Oh, <laughs> what, Joe? Sorry, Joe wants to say something. <laughs> <laughs> so Chuck is saying, um, I could already answer this. It's Miss Thang. Uh, the chick <laughs> hands out your shit from the box. That was a great idea. Yeah, it's like a little Adam's family nod, obviously. You know, I have the magic stash box and I open it up and I ask for whatever strain of weed I'm looking for. And Miss Thang, the magic hand comes out and just hands me whatever I want. So, you know, <laughs> that was kind of a last minute thing. And yeah, there's actually a woman stuffed into that little cabinet making it all happen. <laughs> <laughs> and Scotty, that was with us earlier. We got <laughs> Scotty. It, it was great listening to your stuff too, homie. You, you guys are making some great music, right? Uh, can we ask who Miss Thang is, or is it magic, and we shouldn't delve yeah, into? Yeah, let's let's leave it mysterious at this point. Uh, yeah, Miss Thing's identity may or may not be revealed at a later date. <laughs> All right, I will not interrupt for a few more moments. I will bow out. No, that's I listen. I just wanted to know what else is going on with you. You said you've got season two coming up of Chronic Horror. What's going? What else is going? You mentioned some about movies coming. What else? What's all of the stuff that this has opened up in your life? Well, you know, uh, being uh, the co-editor in chief of Dread Central is still my main gig. So. Every day I'm looking at press releases, finding out the new stuff that's going on, trying to decide what I think our audience is most interested in hearing about or what's most important for them to be hearing about. Um, chronic horror keeps me really busy. Uh, besides that, you know, uh, I'm lucky enough to go on set visits and to represent uh, Dread and Epic at conventions. So I do a, a decent amount of traveling. Um, I get to see, you know, advanced screenings. Uh, I, I'm really just living the dream. You know, people always tell me how lucky I am, and I, I am really lucky. I do remind people, though, I'm poor. I'm living the dream, but I'm poor as hell. So if you don't mind being poor, you can probably live the dream too. Well, yeah, and that's an important thing to point out because, you know, there's, you know, less than 1% of 1% of 1% of people in the world are living the the lives that are actually portrayed on the Instagram accounts of the rich and famous, right? So most of the people who are truly happy out there and doing the shit they're doing and doing it for the art and making their art, uh, you know, most of them are not making money. Most of them are, you know, and if you do get lucky enough to get some sort of something picked up by a bigger studio, a lot of times you're still making the least amount of money off of out of anybody in it, you know, uh, and that's, you know, that's an interesting point that you bring up because, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of the times folks in this, in this sort of fringe community, in this fringe world of indie content, you know, there's a frustration point that a lot of them can't get past, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because it's like, well, I've been doing this or I've done this so many times and I should have more of this. I should have more money. I should have more contacts. That's not the case, but you, you put it so you just said you just live in the dream, but you're poor. And that's that's really important. You know, I mean, look, I'm this, I'm in the same boat. I'm happy in life. Right. Do I have everything I ever hoped to achieve in the film industry? Fuck no. You know, I mean, I, I've only done a tenth of anything I ever want to do. And I've only ever really been able to do one or two things the way I really personally want to do them. So, uh, you know, but I'm happy in life, man. And, and, you know, I don't need all that shit. You don't need all that shit. 
And that's important, I think, that people need to know that. You know? Yeah, I mean, I feel blessed. I feel really lucky to be able to make, make my modest living uh, immersed in the things that I love. So I, I really couldn't ask for anything more. I mean, money would just be icing on the cake at this point because I'm, I'm so well fed. My cup overfloweth already. That's right, man. You know, and even a bad day doing what you love is uh, better than a good day sitting in, you know, some fucking life you can't stand. Exactly. Hey, Chuck, I'm drinking a sun-kissed orange, by the way. Oh, I know that stoners do like their Fago, though, don't they? <laughs> it's nice and sweet. Okay. I just want to bring up a picture of that's my personal TV watching <laughs> yeah. chronic horror with the color changing LEDs. I just have to throw that out there, but it, it was a very cool experience seeing the first episode like that. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Wait so a minute, it, it, your TV changes colors of your room? The lights, the LED lights behind my TV change color. So, so yeah, if you want to uh, focus in on this, these are all the places where you can see Chronic Horror in addition to YouTube. Um, Dread TV is a new free app uh, where you can watch a lot of our content. Um, absolutely free. Uh, occasional commercials, but you, nothing you can't handle. Uh, and you can see tons of free movies, and that's where Chronic Horror lives, too. So check out the Dread app. Come to Dread TV. So I can put the Dread TV app on all those, like I just go on my Fire TV and just put Dread TV on there, and you're boom, you're there. You're there. Hey, I was watching it on Roku. All right. All right. That's really cool. Yeah. It's exciting. I like that. And I like that you have a card. There you go. <laughs> Just regular chronic horror on the front there. Chronic horror, yeah. This is amazing. I, I love this. I, I, I love everything that you've got going on about this, man. It's awesome. Oh, thank you so much. for. I mean, your words of encouragement really mean a lot. You know, hearing it from a, someone in the community who's accomplished so much, from, from guys who are in the thick of it. You know, I, I, I'm really honored that you chose me to be a guest, and your words of encouragement are, are very uh, uh, inspiring. Thank you. Brother, I'm I'm proud you came on the show, and I love that you came on the show, man. It's nice. Yeah, to have you my pleasure. Nice to have you in the brigade, man. Truly, always for life. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 not going to do tattoos. We're going to do brand. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, you know I'm probably down for the tats. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to do branding irons. It's a little more hardcore. All right, <laughs> right on the ass, right. <laughs> No, wait a minute. I'd have to have a cover-up then. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. This is uh, what else should people be looking out for from you? Um, when are you? When? When can we expect season two? What is next for you? I mean, at this point, we're kind of uh, uh, doing season one in batches. Um, you know, it'll be a full season when we get to what 10, 12 episodes, and uh, after our next batch, we'll be at eight. So, you know, I, I think that. Uh, cool. Uh, the rest of season one is going to come in little spurts like that, but hopefully uh, when it takes off, when we find out exactly who's going to be sponsoring, you know, uh, how, how chronic horror is going to uh, maintain itself, um, hopefully we'll get an entire season two greenlit all at once and we'll be able to just knock it out. I also wouldn't mind getting picked up by a cable network, turning it into a 22-minute show, you know, yeah, right. on. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, with the with the juice you have behind it, with everything that's going on, it wouldn't surprise me if that's what happened. So, well, hopefully, and and thank you guys so much for helping me get the word out. You know, I yeah, mean, one of one of my biggest obstacles so far is that I'm not already famous, and I don't already have tens of thousands of social media followers. But uh, I know it sucks, right? <laughs> it does. But I'm working <laughs> at it. You know, I'm hammering away, just trying to get Chronicor in front of as many eyes as possible, and you guys are really doing me a solid. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. Um, you know, thanks for coming on and, and I wish you nothing but the best of luck with everything, man. And we'll be oh, thank you so much, guys. Yeah, man. And we'll see you in the brigades online community and, and hell yeah. Come back on and give us more updates about how everything's going. You got it. Thanks, brother. Stay lit, guys. See, see ya. You, man. Well, everybody, I'd, I'd like to thank you for tuning into this abridged version of uh, the Indie Brigade because of Joe. Needs more bourbon. <laughs> I love you, Joe. None of this would be possible without you. You know I'm just fucking with you. Absolutely, man. The feeling is. Uh, I think this has been a great episode. I'm I'm super sad that Max uh, didn't didn't work out for a longer uh, spot. I did have a lot of legitimate awesome things I wanted to talk to that woman about. So maybe uh, we can figure that out and her, have her back on another time. She did mention in the private chat that she would love to reschedule, and she does apologize. So it's not her fault. We'll just uh, blame the hotel. Well, wait a minute. I tried to do that to begin with, and then I blamed you. But now that's no longer an option. So we're going to go back to what you said the first time and just pretend it's all my idea. All right. And and the other thing that you guys were talking about is not making much money and everything. How the hell did I end up paying you when I'm making nothing? <laughs> what are you paying me? You're paying me 100% of nothing? What? <laughs> oh, that's right. We're, we're both doing this for the money. I forgot. Yeah. Just look at the bag of candy on your desk. One day it will be revealed. Yep, one day. So, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, it's Joe. I can't thank you again, as always. Thank you so much to The Spacing Effect and Max Wassa and Josh Milliken. And everybody, fuck off till next time.